Skins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is May 22nd and that was ugly. <laughs> Pirates just lost 18 to 4 to finish a Cardinal sweep at PNC Park. Uh, that's the Cardinals sweeping the Pirates. Fittingly, it rained in the ninth inning very hard on all the spectators who decided to attend. It's not nice. Errors are a big problem right now, and the Pirates played three national broadcast games this week. I'm glad that's over for the most part, but we're going to get into that too. Not a great week. Not a great week. My name is Josh, and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? How are we doing, man? <laughs> Yikes. Man. Yeah. Not a good one today. And, and not a good one. Not I mean, been a great week. Not been a great week at all. We're in both the other two games. So it didn't feel mm-hmm. like it was an awful series. And now all of a sudden it does. Now all of a sudden it felt like the Cardinals just came in and absolutely kicked our butts, even though we were kind of in those. Despite yesterday, the early deficit, we still kind of made it a game. Yeah. Uh, I just can't. I don't know. Before we get into this weekend, let's kind of... Oh, wait, we got to do a Bucks Clippers. I'm already getting ahead of myself. Let's do a little (laughs) Bucks Clippers. Let's get into this thing. Jake's got something to get to today, so we're going to try to keep this thing moving. Uh, First things first, I want to mention this. The the Colorado Rockies, Friday night, had a game postponed due to snow. And we complain about Ohio, you know, East Ohio, Pittsburgh area weather. Yeah. And it's like, hmm. I got a friend who lives out there and she's she's posting on social media. She goes, it was 89 degrees two days ago. Now we have three feet of snow. That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, then we're like, yeah, we get it. We've been there. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily on May 22nd though. (laughs) I don't know. I don't remember the last May 22nd where I've seen snow here. So I don't really know if that's the case. However, um, man. Okay. So let's get into our, our news of the week. Andrew Knapp, he gone Monday. Uh, Andrew Knapp designated for assignment when we claimed Tyler Heineman off waivers from Toronto. So next catcher, come on up to hit 200 for the Pirates or worse. So whatever. Uh, I assumed that they would just release Knapp if he clears, but he beat us to the punch and elected free agency. <laughs> and he just, uh, I think he just signed uh, yesterday a minor league deal with Seattle, I think. So, and then Wednesday, uh, it was announced that, that, uh, we'll get into that one in a second. Mitch Keller did not get the start, get the start, but was available out of the bullpen was the way that Derek Shelton, uh, worded it. And we're going to get into that real quick here. Um, actually let's just dive into that. He, who started the game? Uh, Will Crow started the game. Yeah. Went what? Two innings. And then they moved it over to to Keller. And do you think, do you think that this is a way for them to say, well, we're going to do the whole piggyback slash opener thing. Like they did with Bryce Wilson for a couple starts with Dylan Peters. Or do you think like he's actually just going to the bullpen? I think it's too early to really have a good opinion on this, but I would imagine that he's going to piggyback for a few. And then kind of like Bryce Wilson did, they're going to give him some starts again. And that was the YouTube broadcast. We're getting into that later. Mm-hmm. 
And they were kind of like, oh, I thought he was throwing pretty well. And all the Pirate fans collectively said, no, 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 we've seen this. <laughs> Just go ahead and get him out of there. We know what yeah. comes next. Um, so I don't know if it was if it was that or if it was they had a number of pitches they wanted to see him throw. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If if they're if they're truly moving him to a bullpen spot, then he was around fifty pitches. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah, maybe they were hoping that he'd be available again sooner if they cut him out, you know, cut some pitches out. You know, so they kind of pulled him out early, got through fifty pitches and said, Hey, we might need you again in a in a day or two. Un unlike, you know, getting a start throwing eighty some pitches and then needing four or five days off. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know if this is a full on like Will Crow bullpen move. But but what what doesn't what boggles my mind a little bit about it is okay. Well, you cut him off at fifty. If that was a thing, we don't know. Yeah, you, you didn't use him again, right? He yet. he wasn't used again this week. So I'm not real sure what's going on with that. Now, granted, that was Wednesday. They would have had Thursday off. We had a close game Friday, close game Saturday. Today would have kind of been the day. But I wonder if they looked at that and said, um, you know, maybe maybe he's maybe he is going to get another start. Maybe we'll try the mm-hmm. the piggyback thing again with him before we don't get very many breaks, right? I mean, the the upcoming schedule. I don't think we have days off for a minute. I think we'll yeah. have seven this week. I actually, ridiculously enough, haven't looked at the schedule um, to see that. But well, actually, I have it pulled up. We do have we do have Thursday off, so. We do have another six game week. I guess we, you know, we just came out of the the big long one, but I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, you would have thought they would have used him. So with the other piece of that information that came on that day, um, it was announced that Roberto Perez will have season ending surgery, which further uh, expresses my my thoughts on the Tyler Heineman claim. Was just <laughs> like, oh, geez. Because then it would be, I mean, we, we kind of knew that he was going to be out for quite a while. Yeah. Season ending surgery. This is tough. I assume he stays with the team, you know, throughout. Um, and I really think it's important that he does because he's been good oh, for yeah. those pitchers. And I think that the, what he can share with, I mean, I care a little bit less about the catchers because I don't think that they're a part of anything moving forward. However, what he can provide for those catchers you know, if you're just thinking about the, you know, the individuals and whether yeah. or not they'll work, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not for the pirates or for anybody. Yeah. Um, but also keep him with those, keep those relationships going with the pitchers who are there, especially when you start seeing some guys, you know, getting opportunities like Contreras and Yohore and whoever else, uh, mm-hmm. comes up, keep that relationship with them. Um, and maybe he can, pour into that. And then maybe you can kind of do one of those things where he gets another one year deal next year to stick around. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'd be talking to him right now Yeah, about a contract for next year, but yeah, because I I really thought that there, he had a lot to offer to this team. He, I think that he's helpful in a lot of ways where, you know, as good as Stallings was, I mean, this guy's proven to catch a lot of Cy Young winners, and we talked about that in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And we know the value that that he provides in that sense. And I think that for a team 
who's supposed to be learning and growing, I mean, that's, that's gold. And yeah. I really think, I mean, I don't, there's, we're not spending any money right now. Would we offer Yoshi $4 million more on him later? Let's offer Perez. Well, I don't know what he's making. I forget what his contract was for this year, but <laughs> I don't care if you give him 10, you don't have to, cause he just was hurt and he's always hurt. So you have a pretty good like bargaining chip, but I'd mm-hmm. be like $10 million is fine for me. Like you're not spending money anywhere else. Keep right. Ryan and Brian Reynolds, but that's it. So you had a thought? Oh, I was just going to look up real quick to see oh, what his okay. contract was. Okay. So get back to me on that. Um, the the week in general has, uh, has kind of been rough. Bryce Wilson, dude, I am breaking news. I'm done with him. I've been done with him. I never started yeah. with him. I told you in the spring, he came into spring looking out of shape and lazy. Lazy is a very harsh word. Um, and I understand that. However, and I, like I said, I could be off base with that comment. It's just what I felt like. But either way, like it just felt like there was, like he had parts of his of his game. And, and physically, I felt like they were missing. And basically, he's come out here and proven me right. His stuff, I don't feel like is stuff that can play out of the bullpen. But then again, I didn't really know if Will Crow did either. Yeah. One year, five million. Okay, five. Okay, that's what I thought. You could give him that again. 100%. Absolutely. That's not a lot of money. Dylan Peters had a rough outing this week. Tyler Beatty's been in games. It's about the most I can say. Um, You know, he had gave up a lot of lot of crap today. But he kind of came into a, a Bryce Wilson train wreck too. So... Yeah. It's kind of hard to go anywhere from that. Dude, you had St. Louis, their starter, through four pitches and was taken out. You had him on the ropes. All you had to do was get that guy, give him a little bit of trouble, make him throw a lot. They ended up using three pitchers in that game, and one of them threw four pitches. They used three pitchers. They got eight innings out of Rondon and McFarland, and then Molina threw the ninth. And it's like you – not that not that it matters because it's not like it's the first game in the series – but that's a division opponent. And you really mm-hmm. thought you could have stole some runs off the bullpen, not Yachty or Molina. They scored right. all four runs off of a catcher. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, Yoshi finally gets a poolside home run off of a catcher. <laughs> like, that doesn't uh, count for me. And those two balls he hit to center field were poolside, or at least the double was poolside. But you're still looking for a guy who's not pulling the ball. That's not, I mean, he's that's dead center. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll get there. Yeah, Keller looked like he was about one hitter away from caving on Wednesday. Uh, Underwood, that was the best I've seen of him. Um, and I know that there were moments last week where there was some, or last week, last year, where there was some good stuff. But for me, and I and I looked up some things this week while we were while we were kind of you know while the having some discussions with people, and he. He basically just can't pitch after the seventh inning. That's basically it. When you look at his numbers beyond the seventh inning, that's where he blows up. He just can't do that. If we put him in before that, he'll be fine. Um, Yeah, just some rough games. You had this game today. You had the eight-run first inning Monday where Wilson Contreras was the leadoff hitter and hit a grand slam in the first inning. Mm-hmm. I want to throw this out there too if we're going to do this piggyback system and it was said before the game 
the plan was Shelton said, Peters is throwing first inning. Wilson's coming in an inning too. Peters gets roughed up and he just brings Bryce Wilson in. Mm. Come on. Mm-hmm. You're in a jam. You use one of your higher leverage pitchers, not your highest leverage. You use a high leverage pitcher, get you out of that inning. Let Bryce Wilson start a new inning. Bryce Wilson inherited three runners when he came in. They all three scored. Yeah, that's not okay. No. And I agree with that. I would have I would have rather I would have rather seen Chris Stratton in the game right then. Bring him in, stop the bleeding, then bring in Yes. Oh, I Absolutely. don't want to use waste him. I don't even care if it's a guy like Beatty or Hembry. That's a big give one spot. of those guys an opportunity Underwood. to get you out of that. Underwood would be the problem with Underwood is he's a guy that that you want to see. Same thing with Stratton. I think if you get there with Stratton, yeah, Stratton's good, a good spot. Uh, but also Underwood, because Underwood's a guy who's like conditioned to give you two. That's why I don't bring him in to get one out. Okay. But yeah, like That's maybe fair. even giving an opportunity to Beatty or, or, or Hembry there. Of course, Beatty's been a starter too. So even though he only did one inning in this game, but yeah, even Stratton right there, get him out of the inning and then move mm-hmm. on. Or if it yeah. is Underwood, go ahead and let him finish that and give him the second inning too, and then go to to you know Wilson in the third. That that would be fine too. But what mm-hmm. yeah, what, what we did there is, and maybe that's a lesson learned, or maybe that's just me being too nice to Derek Shelton. Let me just get him out. <laughs> I don't I don't need to be nice. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just trying to right. also the the thing is uh, we're not talking about Shelton today. We're not getting into it. Um, stay tuned to another one if you guys want to hear about it. Um, I do know that this week, throughout this week, Chavis, a lot of playing time. His average is now 300. That's kind of good. Um, so let's kind of get into this, into this next thing here. And I know that we didn't quite go over all the games. They'll all kind of happen. You guys watched the games. You guys had plenty of opportunities to see what happened. Um, (laughs) but Tuesday... Tuesday, a lot of bad defense. A lot of really bad defense happened. And that's kind of one of the things that we wanted to touch base on was the amount of bad defense that we're seeing from this team. A team that was supposed to be kind of focusing on playing good defense. Mm-hmm. And Newman was making errors when he was here. Key Brian Hayes made three errors this week. Now, it's not like he's falling apart. He's still making these crazy other <laughs> plays, and his defensive right. metrics still favor him except for the the one stat that used to be the only one that we could look at and that's errors and i don't know if he's and i'm not i'm not if you guys are listening to us and you take one thing that we say like we process a lot of this while we're recording so like <laughs> don't think that i believe this is true i'm just processing things but like it almost feels like is he taking a playoff when it's an easier play you know what I mean? Like, oh, this one's easy. It's just a chopper. I'm just going to reach up, and then I'm already peeking at first, and I whiff. Or he had one that hit the lip of the grass, and it didn't bounce quite the way that he thought. Did he take his eye off of it because it looked easier? And it went right through his legs because it bounced a little bit different than what he expected on a wet day. Fine with that, but just if you keep your eye on it, like Key Brian Hayes is a guy who just moves his glove, mm-hmm. right? And I so you just wonder if he on some of those is, is maybe getting mixed up by by no stretch of the imagination is PNC Park known for being like a field that has bad hops. So, right, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not like sitting here saying, I'm not blaming the field. Like he, he could have fielded that ball. And I wonder mm-hmm. where, like, 
man, you it's it's May. I would hate to think that these guys are already tired of losing. I, I don't there's still seven teams worse. I don't know. I don't know if it's updated today. I don't know, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't look today. But and I've and I've brought this up before and I will not stop bringing it up. Tuesday night Yoshi got away with another error. Mhm. And okay, so in the box score, only Castro and Michael Perez have an error in that day. But there was a, a chopper that Yoshi kind of jumped, kind of jumped for, which he didn't really have to. If he just would have like took steps back, it could have been like a reach. But instead, he kind of like stumbled a bit and then jumped, and it literally landed in his glove mm-hmm. and came out. He didn't jump high, so it's not like it was this phenomenal play to get it into his glove. But then right. when he gets to it, which felt like he stumbled to it, and then like instead of just flipping it to the pitcher, takes two steps and dives towards he first. There. He has no shot at tagging first and getting there before the runner. No. I don't I don't know what your thought process was. Unless the runner trips and falls in the last second, even if he does, I think his face hits the bag before you get there. Like he was that <laughs> close to it. I just don't think you had a shot of getting him that way. And they ruled it a single. Yeah. And I can't figure out how... I don't know what kind of deal this guy has where he's getting away with these plays. That's at least two that have been very easy plays that have been ruled hits. And not only that, but I will say the play where that Castro threw away, he kind of stumbled he or he kind of bobbled the ball a little bit, had to recover and throw it across, and it was up the line a little bit, but nowhere near far enough to pull him off the bag. No. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm being, I'm going to just say this right now. I will exaggerate in the next five minutes because of how upset I am about this. So maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. Maybe it was near pulling him off the bag. But the problem is, is as a first baseman, you don't step before the guy throws the ball and he has stepped towards the shortstop position before that ball was released because you can see it in the video where his leg is going and he tries to move it towards the ball, but you can't. And he has both legs bent, which means you don't have full extension. Mm-hmm. And there and his body is leaning towards like shortstop or pitcher. And then he's reaching way off to his left. My bad. Pens. Didn't mean to hit you. I just talked to my pens. It's all right. Yeah. I'm beside myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's just a terrible play. It's bad footwork and on first base. And all you have to do is reach for that ball and step towards the ball. Your, your, the leg that's on the bag should be straight. And your front leg is the only one that should be bent on that. Mm-hmm. And only just to get lower to the ground. You know what I mean? And to yeah. make sure that you're reaching as far as you could possibly reach. Right. I just think that an average major league first baseman, average, like average to even okay, Major League first baseman just catches that ball with his foot still on the ball beat him. Yeah. It shouldn't have been an error. Now, do I think that error should go under Yoshi? Absolutely not. The error's on the thrower. 100% error's on the throw. I'm not saying they should give yeah. that error to Yoshi. Yoshi should get the fielding error on the ball that was hit to Yoshi. Mm-hmm. But we do have a lot of errors from our infielders on throwing, on, th- you know, throwing the ball, one hops that he just doesn't pick easy one hops that he doesn't pick some difficult ones that most first baseman pick. You know what I mean? 
that are happening. Mm-hmm. Even with Chavis, there's been a few that have been like, ah, first baseman has to make that play. Mm-hmm. And here we are with a ton of errors on our team. And like I said, I'm not blaming everything on the first baseman. However, a lot of those plays don't end up as errors because first basemen do what first basemen are supposed to do. And you pick up your infielders. The other thought on that is, is even if it would have pulled him off the base, if he, if he had proper footwork, he takes a step towards up the line towards the ball catches and he can, and he can tag and he could, sw- he had the, enough time, he had enough like time to swipe the tag. Yeah. But the, the only thing that makes that you're hundred percent right. The only thing that made that particular play a little bit more difficult for that is it was lower. So that would have sure. made that a little bit difficult. I think that it would have been maybe a little bit of a plus play by a first baseman to be able to do that. But the truth of the matter is it, it wouldn't have pulled him off the bag if he just had the right footwork to begin with. So right. that's the thing that really bugs me. And is he scared of getting hit? Maybe that's why he won't step towards the line. I don't know. Uh, that comes back to put put a base in foul territory as well. I don't care what any, I don't care what the haters say. If you're gonna put a running lane outside, you might as well put a base. You may as, that's exactly that's where I go with that. If you if you if you want him to run in foul territory, put a base over there. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. I, I know that I don't think I, it changes the game. I don't think so either. And I know a lot of people that don't like that sort of thing. But right, I'm just saying, like, if that's all it takes. And, and the first baseman has to be in contact with the base that's in fair territory. If he steps on the base in foul territory, you're, you're still safe. You have to have a foot on that one. And then the runner can touch either. You know what I mean? I just, yeah, that's just where I'm at with it. But I mean, I think I think if a ball, if if they were to ever do that, the runner can touch either unless there's a play at first base. He's got to touch the, the other bag. I think unless it unless it impacts the play. If he runs into anybody and he touches the base in fair territory, then he's called out. Otherwise, it doesn't really matter unless there's a situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because yeah. I'm, yeah. And that's, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, they're never gonna do it. There'll no. be too much kickback. They'll, they're never gonna do it. But but either way, Yoshi is is one of the worst players I've ever seen. And if you've thought I've been critical of Yoshi, I've been holding back. He doesn't look the least bit athletic. He's absolutely awful on defense. He was the worst right fielder I've ever seen, and now he's one of the worst first basemen I've ever seen. Uh, he's a complete waste of time, waste of money. Uh, it, w- it was always going to be. He's terrible. I said it last year when he was hot. I don't. It, I, I didn't see it lasting. Now, boy, it's it's good to be right sometimes. I would have rather been wrong. You know what I mean? And I've and I've yeah. said this about other people, and they've proven me wrong. But and so I'm not sitting here saying like I got this one right, but no, I happened to get this one right. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I know everything. But what I'm saying is that this is this has to stop. I'm absolutely done with it. It is worse than our pitching staff. Like it is the fact that he's he's going to get paid this money regardless. So that the, that's already done. But it's only four million dollars. It's not like we invested into yeah. him. Four million dollars is like an okay. Major League Baseball player, which is exactly what he is. Actually, he's not. He's not a Major League Baseball player. Mm-hmm. But he's at the point of free agency, so he gets $4 million. That seems like okay to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. Yeah. The fact that Quintana is making less than him is a joke. But that's not because Yoshi's making too much. It's that Quintana's not making enough. Well, yeah. it's it, That's a tough one. Because... Go ahead. Defend him. <laughs> If you can, I'm I dare just, I'm you. Just saying, like, I dare you. Like, 
I, I think it's because Yoshi's know, making too much because Quintana has not done anything in the past three years. That doesn't matter. All, I mean, all I'm saying Yoshi, is, no, but Yoshi's never done I don't, anything. I don't necessarily think that Quintana should be making a whole lot more either. He's playing like he deserves more. But he could have easily come out and been a flop too. Yeah, but one yeah, but what I'm saying is it's okay if a flop is four million dollars. That's not a lot of money. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You yeah, see what I'm fair. saying? Like I, I'm yeah. fine with that. I'm fine with four yeah. million dollars being um being a contract that you give a guy a shot on four million dollars and then you take him and you get rid of him if he doesn't work out. Like that's okay. The problem is is it's one of our highest paid players, so we view it differently in Pittsburgh. That's not a lot of money. These these franchises can afford that. Yeah. It's chump change. That is a that is a bad guy who's in free agency. I'm just saying, Quintana, we could have signed him for four million and everybody would have said, Yeah, this is one of those things where you hope he works out. Because that's all sure. four million dollars is. Yep. That I get that's where I'm at with it. You know what I mean? Like it's not the money. the money is not what's keeping him on the field. Because there's no money. That that's not that's an that's an average like guy who's yeah. at free agency. You know what I mean? Like that's just how much they make. So, oh, it's just frustrating. He's so bad. And like I said, it's it's not just the fact that he's hitting uh, dot, 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 dot. After, after yesterday's two-hit performance and today's one-hit performance, he has raised his batting average. By the way, getting one hit raises your batting average when you're hitting 181. Mm-hmm. And he hit a home run today off of a catcher. I don't care. Almost don't count it. The only problem with not counting it is then you can't count Sawinski's home run. And you obviously <laughs> want to try to do that. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I was not in the room when he hit his home run. I had stepped out of the room and was coming back and it was like, oh, Yoshi hit a home run. So I still haven't even seen the video of his home run yet, which is better for me for this rant that I'm on. Because I don't have <laughs> that in my memory to say like, well, that was a good swing or not. I don't even know what it was. You know yeah. what I mean? Sawinski looked like he was just trying to make contact and it went out <laughs> on a 53 mile an hour pitch low and away. I was actually surprised they got out. Yeah. Molina wasn't, but anyway, we're not talking about Sawinski or Molina. We're talking about Yoshi Tsutsugo who can go. I was going to try to do something there with the go thing. And I'm just like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try. Um, I'm absolutely tired of it because here's the thing. You got a guy up there who is really struggling offensively and defensively. And maybe there's guys waiting that could take that spot, which the whole defensive thing that we've been talking about, whether it's whatever, the next guy we're going to get into is Rodolfo Castro. He's played 12 games since 2019 at shortstop. And they call him up to play shortstop every day. <laughs> and you've got Diego Castillo sitting there probably thinking like, I know I raised my hand about right field, but like I could be playing short. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's kind absolutely. of the thing. Like we're is part of this defensive thing. The fact that we're playing guys out of position because you know that that's a whole versatility thing that we're talking about. Maybe. You talked about this last week mm-hmm. where you said uh, it's, it's nice. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's nice to have guys who can play all over the place, but it's also nice to have guys who can play their position every day. Yeah, well, and last week specifically you said it doesn't have to be every player. 
yeah, we don't. Basically, the guys I feel that should be the utility guys are the the athletes who are are hitting, and we're like, okay, we need to find a spot for you. So let's see if you can play other places, and then we can we can not validate, but we can we can make room for you on the roster at the major league level to come up and hit, and we and you can play all you can be versatile and you can play and you can move around. But I want my guys to play their position. Yeah, but at this the same time, have to be an organizational thing. If you're if you're performing offensively, I'd rather find a spot for you. I would rather the versatile guys be guys that I could kind of sneak into the lineup and play good defense at a bunch of different positions, and they hit fine. You know what I mean? And I think that guys like Diego Castillo actually, I think he actually does fit that category. Like I don't see him as an everyday starter necessarily, especially right now. But working him in at second, at short, at third, if you need, and maybe a little bit of right field, I think actually fits him a little bit because the offense is there. But like with Newman out and Newman, I mean, like you know, we're not we're not writing the lineups, but Newman is their shortstop, like it or not. Yeah. With him out, they just wanted to have somebody to put it short, and I I just thought Diego Castillo should have been that guy. When mm-hmm. you bring up Rodolfo Castro, who is a guy who can play second base, third base, and he is an athlete and could probably handle the outfield, I would rather be doing that sort of thing with him because even though I view Diego Castillo as one thing, he's hitting better than Rodolfo Castro. <laughs> and Castro right. has struggled defensively because, like I said, he'd only played 12 games since 2000. Now, obviously, 2020, there was no season for the minor leaguers, but in 21 and so far this year, 12 games at short. And they said, we'll just let you play short every day. And that was the thing. That's kind of like, that's goofy. Yeah. So we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about maybe some options for this defensive slash whatever, or basically what we think. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's, uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. Swearingen Bat Company is Ohio's premier wood bat company, specializing in custom wood bats to meet any need from T-ball to senior league. Check out their website at SwearingenBaseball.com. Link is in the show notes. Twitter and Instagram at SwearingenBats. You can also find them on Facebook. Swearingen Bat Company, that's SwearingenBaseball.com. Let them know you heard it here. All right, we're back here, Bridge to Bucktober podcast. All that good stuff, and we're venting a little bit about Pirates defense. Been a big topic here. Uh, leading the league in errors. And at the same time, making unbelievable plays night after night. Defensive metrics uh, kind of look good, except for the airs. And it just feels super weird. And we just got it's through. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since the Pirates have had this issue, too. Let's throw that out there. Because as bad as our organization has been over the past, you know, X amount of years, seems like we've always played good defense. Like, Yeah, when you don't have a lot of good pitching you tend to kind of 
focus on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also think that there's a little bit of, well, Kevin Newman's part of that. There's been a little bit of like getting a shortstop who is sure handed, but maybe isn't uh, flashy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jordy Mercer didn't range a lot, but he made plays. Clint Barmas, a little bit of the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got Kevin Newman. It's a little bit of the same thing, although he's really stepped it up the last couple of years, even ranging, not just fielding the ball. Um, obviously, he's had his error troubles this year as well. But bringing up Rodolfo Castro and letting him play shortstop every day and watching him struggle defensively and offensively kind of makes us wonder if you think O'Neill Cruz is a bad shortstop, but you're okay with bad shortstops. Why not just let him play bad shortstop? Why worry right. about this outfield thing if he could just play bad shortstop? Right. And if you got rid of, well, I guess there's still Vogel back, so you you know what I mean. Like, I'm just thinking the DH thing that you could mix him into. You know, I always like to bring up the fact that O'Neill Cruz could just DH now. I mean, this is baseball yeah. now. Major League Baseball is now caught up with every other league in America where you can <laughs> use a DH for the pitcher. Um, but either way, if you're going to be okay with bad defense at shortstop and you're going to be okay with five guys in, in your lineup most days who are under the Mendoza line, why not O'Neill Cruz? At least right. he could do both of those things, but at least add a little power potential. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to rebuttal this, but I, I'm with you. I don't understand why. Yeah. Why not? My real stance on O'Neill Cruz right now is I'd kind of wait till he heats up and then immediately after he heats up, bring him up. He's starting to get there. I watched the doubleheader on Friday. It was one of those days I was working. Whatever day they had a doubleheader, maybe Thursday. They were canceled Wednesday, doubleheader Thursday. I watched both of those games. I think he walked four times in the two games and like close, not chasing, close pitches, breaking balls low and in. That he was taking. And we talked about that. Well, he hits that one out. I'd rather him take it. It's a ball. <laughs> right? He's not yeah. going to continue to do that. And he's taking it. And he's being selective. And he hit a, a double 112 miles an hour that smacked into the outfield wall about put a hole in it. And <laughs> <laughs> I just would like to see those sort of things at least. If you're going to hit 200 yeah. or less, then just give me 112 through the center field wall every once in a while. And then mm-hmm. maybe I'd be okay with it. Obviously, you don't want a team full of those guys. I'll say that again this uh, this episode. But I would take it right now. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. I, I just it blows my mind. But I I get what you're saying too. You want him to get hot. Yeah. You want him to feel good when he comes up. I do. I want him to be. I mean, when Jack Sawinski when Jack Sawinski came up. Now, granted, he was in Double A, not Triple A. He was hitting 353 and he was on fire, right? Mm-hmm. And they brought him up and he's looked good because the confidence was there. So he never mm-hmm. looked outmatched. Same thing with Diego right. Castillo. He's always looked like he's in his at bats. Now, neither mm-hmm. one of those guys are faring very well at the plate, but they don't look overmatched. Right. And I feel like that's because this is the way it goes. You get called up to the major leagues, you struggle for a little bit. Maybe you have early success. Maybe they punch back and you struggle, and then you have to hit back. Mm -hmm. And we've had guys on our team. I mean, Cole Tucker's in AAA right now, and he never punched back, right? You know what I'm saying? 
And so like, that's the problem with some of these guys is that you have to know, well, we're never going to know unless they just bring them up and let them do it. Right. Designate the pirates designate, uh, uh, kind of a hitter. I, I refuse to call him a first baseman. Yoshi Tsutsugo for assignment to make room for Mason Martin. That's what I want to see on the transaction page. Maybe this week because he's a guy who came into the end of the year hitting really well in triple a. He struggled for a minute and he's now punching back, which is something that he didn't do. Yeah. Just last year, right? just last year. His selection is a lot better. He's seeing pitches a lot better. Yes, he is going to strike out. However, the walks are there too right now, and they were not there last year in double A, if you remember that. He was hitting well, and then all of a sudden, I mean, he couldn't do anything, and he certainly wasn't watching pitches. And he did a lot of work this offseason, and it seems like it's starting to pay off. Those things don't, oh, I did this work in the offseason, now I'm going to be good. Well, no, 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 no. You have to learn how to implement it. This is what we. This is exactly what we said about Mitch Keller. Hey, cool. You did all those things. I'm excited about what I'm seeing. However, it's going to take some time for you to put this into practice in games and get hitters out. Right. Cool that you can throw a a mean 97 consistently and pump it up to 99 or 100. That's cool. Also cool that you're getting a lot more spin on your breaking balls. That's cool. Make it happen in the game. We're excited to see it. And he went out there and he didn't. Hasn't. I'll say hasn't. It's only May. But it is May. <laughs> did you see what I did there? Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yes, it's kind of early, but you should start seeing those things. And with Mason Martin right now, you are starting to see those things. And defensively, he's been yeah. really good. So let's do it. Because I'm, you know what I'm he's going to do? He's hot. He's going to come up here. He's going to hit a couple homers. We're going to be really excited. And then he's gonna, they're going to punch back, and he's going to struggle. And then the, the haters are going to say, see, I told you. But then you just have to wait. If he can punch back, he becomes a Major League Baseball player. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do that this year than next year. We're already bad. Right. Let's let Mason Martin figure out if he can punch back at this level now. And if he can't, then you still have a problem. But you currently have that problem. Yoshi's not a good right. first baseman or a good player or anything. You already have that problem. So if he comes up here and struggles, then you just have the same problem even right. though you'll probably yeah. have somebody play better defense. And he's Mason Martin is a guy who, even if he scuffles a little bit and he's miss hitting the ball, those miss hits, he's strong enough that they could still go out. Especially, especially right field. Especially yep. Over, yep. Over the Clemente wall. I mean. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is yes, he's going to strike out a lot. He's a power mm-hmm. hitter. Power hitters strike out a lot, especially in today's game. We were just talking about it before we recorded that, the game is broken. There was a game in Chicago that had 11 home runs and 10 of them were solo shots. That's broken. Yeah. Now, granted, I think two of them were like back-to-back homers, so I'll give you that because you don't have an opportunity to have anybody on base. Right. But the problem with it is is that game also featured nine walks and you didn't have guys on base. What are you doing with guys on base? Mm-hmm. It's this, you know, whatever. Game's broken. Mason Martin is part of that game, except... He's a guy that would have been that guy anyway. A first baseman can be a high strikeout, high power guy. And here's when I said, I'll say it twice this time. I just don't want a whole lineup full of them. Yeah. So give me two of them. O'Neill Cruz, Mason Martin, even though I think O'Neill Cruz has a potential to not be just that. 
right? Right. But then that's it. Then you build these other guys around him, like Brian Reynolds and Key Brian Hayes, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you you can have you have to have different characters. You have to, everybody has to play their own role. And I don't say that role players are not stars. Role players can be stars. Pedro Alvarez was a role player in 2013, but we don't even get as far as we did without him. He was right. he was the guy in that playoff series against St. Louis. He had an RBI in every game. And so, yeah, for that moment, he was our star. But he was still, he was a power guy who's going to strike out. Yeah. You want him to drive in runs and to hit home runs. And it let's... Seemed like, it seemed like Pittsburgh wasn't ready for that when Pedro was here. Right. And he led the league in homers Man. that year. Now, granted, he led the league in 2013 with 37 homers. And then we juice the balls, and now our mindsets are off, right? We think that everybody, there should be two guys with 50 home runs every year. Well, without steroids or juice balls, that doesn't happen. Right. So, and so are the balls dead right now? <laughs> we have to say it every episode. <laughs> are they? Maybe they are. But either way, back on topic here. If you're going to already be bad, and you need to see guys learn and develop, especially when we're talking about these guys at the plate, you have five guys in your lineup almost every day who are under 200. Let's let a young guy do that and give him the opportunity, Mason Martin and, and O'Neill Cruz even, even though I'd be okay with them waiting until Cruz heats up. I'm okay with that just because like that's it. But there's three guys right now who are hot and Rodolfo Castro is ice cold. And I don't, I'm not writing off Rodolfo Castro. I think there's something there. I think he could be a fine bench player coming off the bench, adding some power. Think um, think a guy like, well, that's not fair. I was going to say Sean Rodriguez, but the, the defensive versatility for Sean Rodriguez outweighs anything that we have right now from anyone. So that's unfair. But think of a guy like him with more power. That's what Rodolfo Castro could be. He's going to be low average. He's not going to give you much on on the offensive side, but he's going to be able to play all those infield positions. He's athletic. He he can run and he can hit for some power. Give him his days. And he could be a good bench player for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't say that to say he's not better than that. I think if you're good enough to be a bench player in the major leagues, you're a good player. Absolutely. So I, you know, I'm saying there's a spot for him on a major league baseball team. It's just probably not as like one of your starting nine. You know what right. I mean? And I and I feel the same way about Diego Castillo, even though I would love to be wrong about that one. And I think some people say that he's probably better than that. And that's okay, too, if he is. I think that right now we're seeing guys like that. And Jack Swinski, same thing. And and even Ben Gamble, to me, would be... I would love to have Ben Gamble as our fourth outfielder. I'd be yeah. okay if the rest of the lineup was really good. I'd be okay with him being in the starting lineup. But I'd much rather him be a fourth guy. You know what I mean? And I'd take... You know, whatever. He's fun. He grinds. I think that works. I wish he wouldn't shave, though. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's funny. But there's there's three guys uh, right now that I would think, and, and, and unfortunately or fortunately for us fans, there's three guys I think should get a shot right now. They're hot because they're hot right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, and, and we'll say this. We'll send Sawinski down because I think to there's. To triple A. To triple, that's fine. We'll send, get him off That's the major league thought. roster. Let's let you know him I mean? punch back somewhere. But I think mm-hmm. that, you know, let's let him get back in his groove. I don't want him too much struggle. Wow, that was a great sentence. I don't want him to struggle too much 
and start to lower that confidence, <laughs> you're killing me. Uh, I do have a really stuffy head right now. These allergies are just blowing me away right now. So my head's a little... But anyway, I don't want him to struggle for too long and then start to lower confidence. I think right now he's okay. Right. I think Rodolfo Castro's okay. Get those guys back down. Let's let them get their bearings again. And I'm telling you right now, so Diego plays short. There's two guys you send down. Satsugo's gone. Absolutely out of the out of here. Off of uh, out of the franchise. See ya. So there's three guys to go down. And I'm going to tell you three guys who are on, who are not on the 40-man roster, and we already talked about Mason Martin, but Cal Mitchell has done enough to say, let's give him a shot. Hoy Park, DFA. If you clear, you can stay in AAA, but you're DFA. You're hitting 200 in AAA. You're done. And then Jihuan yeah. Bay and Cole Tucker. Sorry, buddy. You're going to go through waivers. Nobody's going to get you. Nobody's going to take you, so you'll still be in Indy. We'll give you another shot in Indy. To, to figure it out because no, I mean, I just don't think it's, you know what I mean? Both of those guys can, we can afford, if they end up going somewhere else and doing well, then that's good for them. Good for you guys. Yeah. But we have to do what we have to do here too. We're, we're also running a business and we're also trying to have some sort of production for the future. So Susugo park and Tucker gone off the 40 man. And let's get Mitchell, uh, Martin, <laughs> Mitchell, Martin, that Cal Mitchell, Mason Martin and Jihuan Bay. <laughs> on the 40 man and in Pittsburgh and just yeah. see if let them guys hit under 200 and see what they can do. And then eventually yeah. O'Neill Cruz, as soon as he heats up, he comes up as well until then Diego gets a shot to play every day short. It sounds like Newman's got a, he was out for what a hamstring. He was out for a groin. It's now groin, a hamstring. Yeah. He's got a setback because of a hamstring, Jeez. but we need to get these guys up here and we need to let them, let it figure itself out. Yeah. That's, you know, it's one of those things where if you're going to struggle, let's start getting these other guys' feet wet and see what they got. Let's just see what we have. Let them struggle. See if they hit back. Mm -hmm. If they hit back, they become major league baseball players, which is mm -hmm. more than we can say for any of the three. I just said to, to get off your 40 man. Now we ain't even yeah. touching pitching right now. There's a lot of that discussion too. We don't have time for that today, but we're not even right. going there. All right, let's get into our last thing here, which is coincidentally the title of this week's episode. So I'm glad I waited till we have 10 <laughs> minutes left. We ranted a lot. Um, yeah. So this week, uh, we're going to deem it uh, the Bucks National Broadcast Week. We had three games this week that were not on AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, and they were on YouTube, they were on Apple TV, and they were on Peacock. And the first thing I'll do, because I'm in a mood, is I'll be negative about them all. YouTube's video feed was dark. I don't know why. I'm not going to change my settings on my TV just because you did this. But it was dark. Apple TV was probably the worst broadcast I've ever watched in a baseball game. And I have MILB TV, and I'm not kidding. Um, and lastly, Peacock, uh, the Cardinals just beat us 18-4. to And I had to watch it on Peacock. No, no, no. I have, I have something worse than that because that's ridiculous. I had to pay for that, kind of. I didn't, but you would have had to pay for it. Right. So with that said, YouTube's absolutely free for absolutely anybody in the entire world. It's absolutely free. You don't have to sign up for anything. You just go to YouTube. It was on the front page. You click on it or you pull up your app on your smart TV, which you probably have by now. Um, either way, there was absolutely every single person in this world has a smartphone that will play YouTube. 
everyone could have watched that game. Um, and, and most people in the whole world could have watched that game. Yeah. Apple TV, you did have to sign up. So you're sacrificing your, your information to Apple. Uh, however, if you use an iPhone, you already have an Apple ID. Uh, me personally, I was able to use the bridge to Bucktober email that we use that I use to look at like analytics and crap for Apple. So I was able to watch it because of that. And then Peacock, our, uh, my father-in-law who was here this weekend, logged into his so we could watch the game. And then I immediately with Apple and with Peacock, well, actually I don't think I did with Peacock yet, but the, the app will be uninstalled immediately. I have no reason for those. Um, well, first off the Peacock account is not mine. Right. So I will uninstall that. I'm not going to go take advantage of all the perks that he gets because he has it. I mean, it's just not, I mean, whatever, but if you do that, that's fine. I don't care. He's got accounts on our, some of our things, so it works, but (laughs) I'm just not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not paying for it. I'm not going to, not going to do it. Yeah. Um, and Apple's not always going to be free later this year. I think June 24th is the last game that's free on Apple TV. And then you have to have the Apple TV plus subscription or whatever to watch the games. Um, I think that's dumb. Uh, but what I'll start off with is cause I read Facebook comments and it was unbelievable to read the things that people were saying on Facebook about Bob nutting, trying to alienate his fan base by putting games on exclusive content, which by the way, YouTube's not exclusive. I will continue to say that because it, it keeps getting lumped in with all this. It's just not exclusive. Like it's absolutely why AT&T sports right. is yeah, more yeah. exclusive than YouTube. Mm-hmm. And AT&T Sportsnet is not easy to find. Like, it's not easy to watch. No. I, I have Fubo. It's the only thing that will give me the Pirates and give me AT&T Sportsnet. Direct TV stream. Not for me. Oh, yeah, not for you. Yeah, not for right. me. I'm right. I'm just far enough away that, that I wouldn't even get it with Direct TV stream. Now, neither will my local cable company. Now, if you have cable, which, by the way, is not... Like that's not everybody anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I know that everybody's like, we already pay all this money for cable. Well, that's fine. There's a lot of people who don't, uh, we've had Ethan on our show before. He said this week that he got to watch three pirate games this, this week that he normally can't watch because he doesn't get AT&T sports net. Now he's also an anomaly. You know, that's another situation where, but dude, there's a lot of people who are just like, if there's an app, I'll get it. And I'll, our I'll decide does not carry AT&T TV. Or AT&T. Are you serious? Sportsnet. Yep. Your local cable. So you Our have local Jefferson County have right on the river mm-hmm. in Ohio. Jefferson County cable mm-hmm. does not carry AT&T Sportsnet. That blows my they, mind. They, they uh, used to. lost it last year. So the 2020 season was the last season that was on cable. So that's the thing about cable is there. It, it's. They, they charge a ton of money and they're not even offering everything. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is this has nothing to do with Bob Nutting. It has nothing to do with Pittsburgh Pirates. It has nothing to do with alienating your fan base. It has this nothing is, to do with AT&T Sportsnet because this is happening right. all over with Bally Sports too. Well, but the, but I'm talking about the, the I'm talking about the three games this week. Uh, I'm, gotcha. I'm talking about the three games this week. Uh, these are national broadcast games. When ESPN said we're only going to show this many games, Apple TV got those games that ESPN was going to show. So the Friday night games on Apple TV were games that, I don't know that they're exactly the games that ESPN would have had, but the number of games that ESPN would have had are now on Apple TV. 
So if you don't have ESPN, you're in the same boat. You got to go get ESPN plus. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who doesn't have ESPN and I know everybody's going to say, well, I got cable, so I got ESPN. Well, that's fine. But some people don't. Right. So the, when there's games on ESPN, you don't get them. Uh, it's not easy to find uh, uh, companies who have MLB network and MLB network shows national games. Some people say, I can't watch these ones personally with Fubo TV. I don't get TBS. So if a nationally broadcast, the game is on TBS, I don't get it. Some people don't have FS one. Those are national broadcast games. If you don't have FS one in your cable or streaming or satellite package, then you don't get to watch that game. So this is nothing new. It's just that these are more and newer options that are available and MLB is going to take the money from who gives them the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it. To, I think it adds on to a little bit of the frustration when you get three of them in one week. That was the thing. It was the fact that three of them were this week, but, mm-hmm. but staying on that, this is a national broadcast. This has nothing. Bob Nutting had no say in this. No, nah, no control. The the Pittsburgh Pirates had no control and no say in this. It they they were never going to have this game. It was just a matter right. of whether it was on ESPN or these games. ESPN, FS1, TBS, Fox, uh, Fox. I guess Fox would be Fox Sports probably, because then it would be FS1 if it's the other thing. Who else shows games? I mean. I don't think there's really like games on NBC anymore, which is why they mm-hmm. moved their games to Peacock. But either way, like that's all this is. This is just a nationally broadcast MLB network was the one other one I didn't mention this time. But this is just a nationally broadcasted game that AT&T Sportsnet was never going to get to begin with. Right. And it is really bad on MLB of doing the Pirates three times in one week. Right. And it kind of stinks that all three times we're in a middle of a week where we're really not playing very well. Luckily, we got yeah. one of them. Now, nobody watched the game today because for one, it was at 1130 in the morning and for two, it was on Peacock, which you actually have to pay for. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Nobody watched that game this morning other than yeah. the us who either found a login or signed up for a seven day trial. And the Apple TV one, I'm sorry, it's not. But this is the next question. Are we actually bringing in new fans? Because the idea with this is, is, well, we're going to put this out. We're going to create new fans and because now we're getting it into the hands of people who don't have cable packages with regional sports networks. We're actually getting games in the hands of people who are streaming and just picking what apps they want. Right? Yeah. The problem is, is nobody on Apple TV, unless you're a Pirates or a Cardinals fan, or yeah, Cardinals fan. That's the only two people that are watching that game. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. You're just not tuning into it. Right. So what you ended up doing was just taking off regional sports and then getting both fan bases to watch one broadcast and then like I've I have yet to watch any other game on Apple TV plus. I mean the app literally was downloaded long enough to watch the pirate games and I deleted it again. I I don't have that service. Yeah. I won't get that service. I have enough. Like that's one I pick not to have, right? Mm-hmm. I have Netflix and I wish I could cancel that, but dude, I'm telling you right now, the kids watch the heck out of Netflix. So that's where our money goes. We just don't pay for the 4K Netflix. You know what I mean? Because they're just watching kids' cartoons on it. But that's all. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I'm at. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of scratching my head saying, like, I'm going to have to get something for TBS because when playoffs come around, there's a lot on TBS. 
So yeah. Fubo's either going to figure out TBS or I'm going to have to figure out how to watch these playoff games. <laughs> but either way, no, you're fine. Either way, the, the idea is that these are national broadcast games, but YouTube's, YouTube's a caveat to me. I think that YouTube is definitely a, a situation where you could get more people actually watching. Um, and maybe I'm yeah, a little biased totally in this. Free. It's totally, yeah, you don't even have to sign up, but maybe I'm a little more biased in this because I don't, do, I don't mess around with Apple. I don't mess around with Peacock. Uh, it's not called Peacock TV, right? Apple TV plus, and then Peacock is just Peacock. I, think I, I don't mess around with those two things. YouTube, like, I mean, I pay for premium, so I don't have to watch ads. I watch more YouTube than I watch TV. So for me, that's easy. That was the easiest yeah. broadcast for me to watch. And I actually watch most pirate games on my computer, sitting at my desk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Taking notes or whatever. YouTube's easy to pull up on there. It's super easy. I watch almost all of my TV on a browser, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Fubo, even. I pull it up on a browser. Now, we do have the apps on our on our Chromecast, but you know what I'm saying? Like most of my, or Twitch or whatever, I'm watching things on a browser. That's just what I yeah. do. So that, so I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit of an anomaly in that situation, right? I know full well how to use it. And so I understand that there are people out there who don't. Um, yeah. And for those people, these games were difficult to watch. And MLB made us watch three difficult to watch games in one week. Yeah. And that's a kind of a pain. However, it is kind of nice to just get them in and out of the way. <laughs> right? Yeah. There'll yeah. be one more Peacock, I think, in September. I do want to. I do want to throw this out there too. Yeah, they can be difficult to navigate. They can be difficult to watch. But our mom got on and watched it and didn't call me for help. Mm. She's not big tech savvy. Mm-mm. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I I popped into their house and they had it right on their TV. Like now, did she? She pulled be, that up on her phone and then cast it to her. I was like, I'm actually more impressed with that. (laughs) Yeah, she did that. You were able to cast something to your TV. Like, that's great. Yeah. Like it was, it was great. And I was like, Whoa, like you're, you're watching the, I thought it was, she's like, Oh yeah, I just put it up on my phone and put it on the TV. I was like, good job. Yeah. You didn't even call me. No. Now she also (laughs) didn't answer the two phone. Nah, that was Friday night. She did the same thing Friday with Apple. She pulled it up on her phone and casted it to her TV because Mm -hmm. she was like, I didn't get your call because I was, watching the game on my phone yeah which we were scratching our head why it didn't show up but either way but i'm just saying it can be difficult but you can figure it out you can figure it out uh and if you can't like and if you can't and then i don't want to be insensitive because like i said that's definitely true uh however there are a lot of people who just don't have access to at&t sportsnet and at&t sportsnet does a really poor job of putting like Fubo and DirecTV Stream are the only one. DirecTV Stream is a cop out. It's owned by AT and T, right? But it's the only reason I have it. Yeah, but Fubo is the only streaming platform that AT and T Sportsnet is even on. So mm-hmm. they do a poor job of making it available to people for streaming for those who don't have cable, or like in my situation where cable wouldn't get me the pirate game anyway. Yeah. So. I think the way Bally's fighting, I can't get any games. I can't get any right. regional sports baseball where I'm at. So, because yeah, anyway. So with that said, we're going to wrap it up here. What did you think of the, you didn't get to watch Peacock today. You were playing softball. Right. Um, 
And then, uh, so I missed, no, I missed part of the game yesterday. So I got to see all these. Uh, YouTube was okay. Yonder Alonzo kind of reminds me of like a Kevin Young. Like he's got good information, yeah. but he's kind of boring to listen to. Yeah. Um, but like oh, Kevin Young's a little more interesting to me because I, I have more of a, like I remember watching Kevin Young play where Yonder Alonzo, I'm like, I don't care. I like Scott Braun. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Scott Braun, but. Yeah, for sure. So I thought he I thought was he fine. Did really well. I've heard him call games before, so I'm like, whatever, I'm used to it. Now, YouTube did a mm-hmm. few things that were a little bit different. If The reason that the MLB put this on YouTube is to try to reach a, a crowd who maybe typically wouldn't be watching a baseball game. So they did some things a little bit differently. What I liked is they didn't show real commercials. They showed, like, if your team was coming up the bat, they showed all these, like, old highlights. Like, they showed a Clemente highlight. They showed a pops and, and a Dave Parker highlight and things like that. I was like, that's pretty cool. Like we got to see er- like Ernie Banks thing right before the Cubs got up and things like that. And the, the 2016 world series team. And you know what I'm saying? Like I thought that was a cool way to do a commercial break. And then they just came back yeah. from commercial and just kind of showed the stadium, which I thought, well, this is a little bit boring, but you know, at least they, at least they're not just putting a bunch of ads out there. Like sometimes I get tired of watching commercials. <laughs> But yeah. they did some things a little bit different because it was on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Uh, some of the camera work was really good because it was on YouTube. Like just some different angles and different things that you would normally see. I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. I thought the Apple broadcast, like with the graphics being like almost like they were on a phone. I thought they were pretty. I thought the graphics were clean, mm-hmm. and I I appreciated that. I don't care for the probabilities down in the corner like I'm, i don't bet so i don't care yeah and when you tell me that yoshi has a 25 percent chance of getting on base i'm kind of like eh, it's more like three um but you know i mean that that i don't think that i don't think they should put that stuff on tv until they put pete rose in the hall of fame but that's a different topic different yeah well we're not players so different that's also a different topic and we're not playing and betting but either way i, I still think you should be in the hall of fame but mm-hmm. as a player not a coach but anyway sure um, I, I, one thing I liked that, that all three of them, well, no, I think the YouTube one and the Peacock one today did it too. And I think it's this MLB kind of doing it, but, uh, cause I think they had some control over those broadcasts, but the pitch sequence that comes down is really cool. I wish AT&T Sportsnet would do that. I love that when it gets like a deep count or whatever they show, they drop down from the score and they show that pitch sequence. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. And like you talk yeah. about like interest in the game and like when you're saying like this at bats grinding, why isn't he hitting it? Yeah, but give you me, give me something. Let me see the sequence. Let me think about what he might throw next. Like baseball's a thinking game. Give me yeah. an opportunity to see those things and think about what is this guy doing? You know what I mean? That, that yeah, help, it, help me think about it. Yeah. And I thought that, boy, Apple really failed in all of those categories as far as the actual broadcast. They never shut up. They talked all the time. All of their information wasn't even accurate. And I don't know how many times I heard the, uh, I don't remember her name, but the, the, the play, something. the play by play, he drives one into center field and the center mm-hmm. fielder comes in for it. He didn't drive it. Right. Yeah. We, me and me and my mom were talking about that too, or our mom, you know, and, and she like got on a, a word. Then, then they were socking the ball, socking it. Yeah, yeah, they saw. She got so excited about a Yadier Molina pop up that the first baseman and right fielder went after that was in the stands. But she was like, 
Yadi Molina hits one to the right side. It's way up there. And I'm like, that's a foul ball that's going in the stands. <laughs> and you got excited about it. Uh, Zach Thompson yeah. caught a pop fly to the pitcher. Zach Thompson made the play. A sky ball to the infield. She got so excited about this sky ball to the infield. That was That's the quote. And Thompson takes it himself. Well, that's not an exciting play. And the problem was, and this is what I was saying, they kept going, they kept going, they kept going. And I said, baseball isn't this. You're going to be exhausted by the fifth or seventh inning. You have yeah. to pace yourself. You cannot... They wouldn't, we, we tried to have conversation in the living room watching the game. And I said, I can't get a word in edgewise because these people won't shut up. Let it breathe a little bit, which is hilarious because okay. I did see a lot of those similar remarks. Like they, they won't shut up. I saw the, um, the two second silence challenge to see if they could be silent for two seconds. Took a while for that to happen. But like, and then you get, and then you get the people who like hate when Joe Buck doesn't say a word in five minutes. <laughs> and there's like, there's a middle yeah. ground somewhere in there. It's yeah, not hard right. to find, but you have to let baseball breathe a little bit. You have to pace yourself fans. If we did have new fans watching that game Friday, which I don't believe we did, then they don't know how to watch a baseball game. They got exhausted yeah. by the fifth inning and turned it off. Because mm -hmm. they have to, if, if you don't normally watch baseball, it's up to the broadcast team to let you know what are big moments and what aren't. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely missed the, that was the worst broadcasting I think I've ever heard watching baseball. And it was done professionally. That's how bad the content was. They had <laughs> something on everyone. And I said, it seems like every time there's a player that they show on TV, they dump everything they've researched about this guy just to prove they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And today's broadcast was fine. I thought they did a really good job when you have a national broadcast and you pull a guy from their booth and a guy from your booth and you put them in the booth with a national guy. I thought that was the way it should be handled. Get guys that are familiar with this team, allow the questions to come in and, the, and, the, and to be answered. And then other than that, just talk about the actual game. We're talking yeah. about, we're showing guys, I think, I think it was YouTube or, or Apple, a guy would get up and they're like, here's this picture of the, this guy who pro just proposed to his fiance. It's a, it's a, it's a two, one count right now. Are we talking about that? Like we're looking at pictures of him and his fiance. I don't care. Is he going to get a hit? Right. What's going on in the game right now? And it wasn't a bad game. You're talking about a five to three game. Mm -hmm. There was enough to talk about that was going on on the field. And we're showing pictures of who knows what this is really bad. I'm in a mood today, man. I'm in a mood today. We got to wrap this thing up. Um, the, the, the general idea that I want to say is, do you, do you think that the, these kind of thing is bringing new fans? Uh, not really. Do you think that it's still worth a shot? I mean, they're getting paid for it. Obviously like Apple TV bought yeah. this. And if, I mean, we all know the trends look like cable TV is going away and everybody's going to be buying all these streaming things. Eventually right. you've got to figure this thing out. So I don't mind dabbling in it. No, it don't bother me. The YouTube thing to me is yes, a hundred percent. You are, you are gaining fans by putting it on YouTube. I think there are people that could be watching these games. Now, granted, if you're watching a Cubs pirates game on a Tuesday evening, I doubt it. Both teams are struggling. It's probably not the best promotion of your sport right now. Find two first place teams in August, put them on YouTube, and then you'll you'll get a better representation of your sport. 
Um, but as far as these exclusive apps, I mean, I just don't know. I don't like it. I think, I think the apps like what Apple TV did, what they should be doing every time, but what they did on Friday is those baseball games should be free mm-hmm. every single time. And I think MLB needs to fight that. And they fought to get it half free, but then Apple's yeah. going to make you pay. As soon as they make you pay for it, they're going to, the ratings are going to go way down. Apple, you should sure. just show that on your app so that baseball fans have to download your app. People who already have your app will already have your app. And then the people who are downloading your app to watch it, you're promoting your app. How many Apple TV shows yeah. did we see previewed? And then maybe you get a couple more Apple TV subscribers out of it. Right. But make the games free or else people yeah. are just going to ignore them. Right. So that's kind of my thought on it. I, I, I do think that, like I said, I do think that YouTube, I think that there's a generation of people who are just watching a ton of content on YouTube and they're not watching games and they're pretty much ignoring baseball. And there's some pretty good YouTube like presence. There's a good baseball presence on YouTube. Um, you know, I mean, the John Boy Media gets their whole thing on YouTube. I mean, that's all started from there. Podcasts and YouTube. And you got, you know, Draft Neck Mark and Fuzzy and all those, you know, they got big followings. And it's somebody, I mean, yeah. people are probably thinking like, wondering what the heck you're talking about. Or some of you might be like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But, I mean, we put this show on YouTube. Pirates Fan Forum's on YouTube. Locked On Pirates is on YouTube. There's a lot of this on YouTube, and it's happening. Uh, Bucking Over, he does his thing on YouTube. There's a lot of things to already watch as far as Pirates on YouTube. And, you know, I, I just think that it's easy because it's free. Unless you w- don't want to see ads, then it, you can pay for no ads. Um, but obviously, I mean, I have music in with that too. It's a kind of a lumped-in thing that's grandfathered from an old music service and blah, blah, blah. And now I just won't get rid of it because I can't stand to watch commercials on YouTube. <laughs> but either way, I think that's a that's a, a possibility. But it has nothing to do with the Pirates. It's not up to them. Right. Let's close. You got any, uh, you got any closing thing? <clears throat> not really. Um, hopefully with the weather warming up and everything, we can see some more bucko, bucko blasts. Another balls dead comment. Yeah. We, we have reason to believe that it's, it's a reason to speculate. You said that maybe they're starting to mix in some other balls Yeah. or maybe it's just the weather. We don't know. Uh, this week Rockies are in town. That was great. I got a notification on my phone or on my computer. Forgot to turn that off. Um, Rockies come into town, two night games and then a day game on Wednesday. So a little watch while you work. Thursday off and going to the Padres. A couple late games, Friday, Saturday, and uh, next Sunday will be interesting for us because it's a 4 o'clock game, but so probably another late night for us. But Rockies, Padres, uh, NL West is absolutely killing it right now. I think the Rockies are a little bit of pretenders and, and the Diamondbacks, but um, right now they're playing well. So we're seeing them while they're hot. This is could be another bad week. Chad Cool coming back to town. Chad Cool coming back to town for Monday night's game, uh, facing up against Brubaker. So hopefully Brubaker will get his first win and the real Chad Cool will show up in PNC Park. Um, <laughs> hilarious. Everybody laughs, um, but I'm obviously kidding around. Uh, and then Kyle Freeland, which is another lefty, so we'll get our good lineup in on Tuesday and we don't know who's pitching for them Wednesday, but Zach Thompson will be going for us. He's had a couple good starts in a row. Hopefully he keeps that thing going. Um, but other than that, man, I think that's about it for us. Mm-hmm. So one win this week, we get any more than that this coming week. 
Yeah. Yeah, you think we'll take at least one each series? At least? Yeah, Let's well, take yeah, a series yeah, from the Rockies. Let's take a series from the Rockies and then see what happens against the Padres. You know, we'll probably get a Musgrove yeah. sighting or something. We, we're going to San Diego, so some late-night games this weekend. Yeah. All right, man. Sorry I was crabby all night. It's all good, man. <laughs> Let's see if any Let's of our back. if our call-ups will happen. Yeah, hopefully. I'd like yeah. to see it. And, uh, yeah, you have anything to say about the about the wave, Jake? Let's ban the wave. Okay. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming, and let's go Bucks!